What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Monkey Finance Show podcast. Today, we're going to be recording episode number 38. Um, I haven't decided what I'm going to title this, but I think I'm going to title it, Should I Sell My Mutual Funds? Um, probably one of the biggest questions I get on in my YouTube comment section is people saying, I have X, Y, and Z funds. Should I sell it and buy ABC funds? And, you know, at first I try to really comment and answer these comments with really long responses. And then I realized, okay, well, you know, I'm getting these a lot. So a lot of people are confused, the one by what they own and two, they're confused about what they should own. So what I'm going to do in this episode, uh, because it's much easier for me to talk things out in the podcast than it is in, in the YouTube video. The YouTube video has a lot more production, editing, all that, and it's more scripted here. I'm kind of um, just talking off the top of my head. So it's much easier to, for me to explain it here. So those of you guys that comment, hopefully you listen to the podcast and you're going to get your answers. Um, I'm a little more limited on time now with a newborn, so I, I literally cannot answer every comment. I do my best. I still do my best. I really do. I realized that without you guys, um, all these platforms that I'm growing wouldn't be growing. So I, I try to give back as much of my t- free time as I can to answering comments, but I cannot uh, physically get to all of them now, especially now with, with, with the time constraints of a newborn. But to answer the question, should you sell your mutual funds and buy X, Y, and Z mutual funds or ABC mutual funds? Uh I want you to go through this uh, sort of three-step process. So the first thing, and there's going to be a series of questions that you're going to have to ask yourself to figure out if you should sell them or not. So the first question I always ask is, why did you buy them in the first place? And depending on how you answer this question, we're going to move on to, you know, it's going to be a fork in the road. We're going to either go right or left. So if you ask yourself, why did I buy these? If you answer, I bought these because I saw a YouTube video, that's a big red flag. You should be like, wait a minute. Uh, I just did something stupid. I bought mutual funds because I saw a YouTube video. And investment is something that is um, should be, one, well-researched by you. You should put in, if you're going to be a DIY investor. If you don't want to do this work, then stop listening to my podcast. Stop watching YouTube videos. Either go hire a financial advisor or go put your money in a target date fund. Uh, index fund if you don't want to do this work. If you do want to do the work, you guys have to do more research than what you're doing. What you guys are doing is watching a YouTube video and then setting up a portfolio. That's a big mistake because a lot of the uh, information on YouTube is horrible information. Once you realize it, it's going to be too late. You already would have lost 20, 30, 40% of your money. Um, And this isn't a casino. This isn't a gambling thing. This is an investment for your future, whether it's your retirement, whether it's your 529s, whether it's your Roth IRAs, traditional IRAs, 401ks. Um, This is an investment in your future. This is not something that you need to speculate on. This is not something that you need to change often. Uh, Once you figure it out, this is something you just stick with and put more money in. That's the end goal. So first question, how did you get here? Again, if, if it's a, I watched a YouTube video, even if it's my video, don't just invest based off a YouTube video. So if that's how you got there, uh, I'm going to lean towards, yes, you should probably sell, but let's go a little bit deeper. If, if you got there because you did your own research and you figured out, okay, this fits my risk tolerance because I, I saw that these funds can lose 30% or 40% and I'm okay with that or 
this strategy really fits with my time horizon because I have 50 years till I retire. So I don't care if they lose 40%. If that's the kind of thought process that went into you picking the funds that you did, answer is no, don't sell. Nothing has changed since you came up with that process. I hope not, at least, unless you came up with that process 50 years ago, maybe something has changed. But if you came up with that process a few years ago, nothing has changed. So the answer is no, you shouldn't sell. Back to if you watched a YouTube video and you set up a portfolio, I'm leaning towards yes, but let's go to the next step here. The next step is, do I understand my portfolio? So I set it up because I saw a YouTuber or a social media personality say, these are the funds I should invest in, this is the portfolio chat. The second question is, do you understand it? And what I mean by that is, if if Mucky sat down with you and he started quizzing you, if I sat down with you and I started quizzing you, you'd be able to tell me expense ratios. You'd be able to tell me percentage of top 10. You'd be able to tell me distributions, dividends and capital gains. If, if any, you'd be able to tell me dividend yields of the, of the fund. You'd be able to tell me past performance within a reason. I'm not saying you should get down within the hundredth of a percent, but you can say, hey, okay, this is what the fund does. You could tell me the composition, the, the category is a large cap blend, small cap. You can, you, know, you can basically break down the fund like I break it down in my reviews off the top of your head. If you can do that, you probably understand your portfolio and you're probably trying to then make changes based off something that's more emotional. You heard somebody diss or say something bad about the fund that you're in and you're trying to make that change. Again, I'm going to tell you, do not make that change because of that. That's a person's opinion. That should not sway you and what you should do with your portfolio. Now, if you cannot, and this is, again, we've moved on to the second fork in the road. First one, you set up a portfolio based off a YouTuber. Second question is, uh, can you break down your portfolio off the top of your head? And the answer is no. That's an even closer indicator that you should probably sell whatever you're invested in. But not quite yet. We're going to move on to the third step. But uh, again, you cannot break it down. You don't understand it. You basically simply parroted a YouTuber's portfolio. You're like a parrot. You know, Polly wants a cracker. You took the cracker and you just did whatever that YouTuber did. So big, big red flag. Moving on to the third question that I would ask you, and that is how comfortable or how uh well, do you see yourself holding this portfolio within the next five or 10 years? And if you say, okay, there's not a chance that I'll probably stick with this portfolio for the next five to 10 years, then it's a 100% sell. Because if you're not willing to stick with it that long, it's not a portfolio you believe in. It's not a strategy you believe in. And at the first sign of trouble, um, when it's down 10, 15, 20%, you're going to sell anyways. So you might as well cut your losses now and just move on, right? That's uh, the steps. That's the three questions I want everybody to ask themselves if you're commenting in my section, should I sell my portfolio, right? And, and should I invest in, in, in your type of portfolio? And same thing with me. You know, I, I come on here on YouTube with the Monkey 3 strategy, strategy I love, strategy I developed for myself. Yes, do I believe other people can use it? Absolutely. Anybody that has my type of risk tolerance and my time horizon, I think the Monkey 3 strategy will serve them well. But not everybody watching has my risk tolerance and my time horizon. So I would say for those people, absolutely the Monkey 3 is not going to serve you well. And you guys have to be careful. Um, you shouldn't be investing in the Monkey 3 if you're 10, 15 years away from retirement. Um, you shouldn't be investing in the Monkey 3 if you don't believe in international or small cap. 
is that simple because at the end of the day, you're not going to stick with it. And like 90% of investing is just you sticking with it, like through the good and the bad. And there's always going to be a bad. Uh, it cannot always be good. And if you don't have uh, the, the mental stability and, and the emotional stability to stick with it, you're in the wrong strategy. That's a good way to know that you're in the wrong strategy. So what I want you guys to do, um, even if you don't have this comment on YouTube, but you've been thinking, hey, am I in the right portfolio or am I in the right strategy? I want to share a little bit now on how to develop the right strategy for you, at least the kind of the thought process that I go through when I, when I developed the Monkey 3 myself. But one thing I want you to do, if you're going to be a do-it-yourself investor, you need to familiarize yourself with how to evaluate mutual funds or ETFs. And it's not that difficult. Um, I read a few books to help me do it, but you know now I share the the metrics and criteria I look for on YouTube. So I mean, it's literally expense ratio. That's probably the first thing I look at. Turnover rate is another important one. You want it to be low. You want the expense ratio low. You want the turnover rate low. Next thing you look at the holdings. How big is the top ten? Is it cap weighted? Is it equally weighted? Uh, what you know? What kind of weighting system is is used? And how big is the top ten? Uh, usually, uh, the largest uh, top 10 should ever be in the S&P 500 is like 20 to 30%. Um, if the top 10 are like 50% of that fund, uh, you're in trouble probably. You're probably overweighted and you should uh, probably not invest in that fund. And also, if you have multiple funds, like say you have a large cap blend and then you have a large cap growth fund, FXCIX and FNCMX is a great example. Um the top 10 are literally the same. So you're just overweighting yourself. You're not doing anything else except overweighting. So I want you to look out for that. Your funds should all, for the most part, have different holdings. So if you go to the Monkey 3, uh, FSKX does not have the same holdings as FISVX. The top 10 are completely different, completely different percentages, completely different companies. And then uh, FTIHX does not have the same holdings as the previous two, FISVX and FXKX. Completely different top 10, completely different weightings. That's proper diversification. Um, not um, FSKX, FXAIX, FNCMX. That's not proper. That's literally the same thing, except you're playing around with different weightings. So that's the first thing. Understand the composition of the fund that you're invested in. I'm going to repeat this again, and I'll probably repeat it five more times in this podcast. If you're not comfortable doing this on your own, hire a financial advisor or invest in a target date index fund if you're not comfortable doing this on your own. The whole point of being a do-it-yourself investor is that you do it yourself. Don't parrot what I do or what other YouTubers do because that's not doing it yourself. That's just copying other people and you have no idea what you're doing. If you're doing that and you see that you're doing that and you don't want to read, you don't want to put in the time to do the research target date index fund, hire a financial advisor. If you go with the financial advisor, make sure they're a fiduciary fee only financial advisor. It's going to cost you 1% of your portfolio and your performance, but at least it, they'll, they'll push you in the right direction. Because if you do it yourself, but you don't want to do it yourself, you're going to cost yourself a lot more than 1%. I guarantee you that. If you want to save the 1%, target date index funds for your retirement accounts is a great idea. They're 12, 13, 14 basis points, so less than a quarter of a percent, and they're fully diversified uh, investing in basically what I just said. Uh, nothing's overlapping, nothing's overweighted. It's exactly uh, cap-weighted to how the market is. 
So that's the first part. The second part is understanding different strategies. Not every strategy can fit for every account type. Now, when I created the Monkey 3, originally when I created it, it was supposed to be 100% mutual funds. And then, you know, I came to the realization uh, I screwed up because in my taxable account, 100% mutual funds means uh, that one of my uh, three funds is not tax efficient. That's FISVX because it's got high turnover, it's small cap value, it's all over the place. Um, it's not a good idea to hold a mutual fund in there. So I had to make that adjustment and switch over to the ETF. Um, so that's another thing to consider. What uh, Once you find out, your let's just say this, keep it simple. Your strategy is 100% in US stocks. That's what you're comfortable with. That's what you understand. That's fine. I encourage that if that's what you understand. So if you pick FSKX in your Roth and you pick FSKX in your uh, uh, traditional IRA, if you have one or your 401k with Fidelity, whatever the case may be, or your 529, that's great. Your uh, HSA, that's great. And then when you want to pick FSKX in your taxable, that's not the end of the world because it's it's a low turnover uh rarely ever pays capital distributions. It's not as efficient as VTI, but it's pretty freaking close within a few basis points, okay? It's not going to make or break you. So you literally can just simplify it and just go 100% FSKX in every single account that you have. It's a strategy that I used in in my early investing because, again, I didn't understand everything. So I said, I'm just going to invest in what I understand, which was a total U.S. stock market, having read Jail Collins' book, having read a few Bogle books. Um, that's what I understood. That's what I wanted to go with. And I figured, hey, I'm too young for bonds, so I'm not going to touch bonds. I'm just going to do this. Um, but the thing is, I, I came to that conclusion because I put in the work and I did the research. I didn't come to that conclusion because I watched a YouTube video from some guy and he said, you know, go 100% FSKX. No, I didn't. That's not how any of this works. Um, the, the biggest problem is that at least that I'm seeing here. And I think is, you know, YouTube might be a detriment to a lot of young investors because it's teaching them the wrong thing. The stuff that gets the views is, is the stuff that, uh, is dangerous. It's, it's gambling, it's high risk, very low reward. And, and, you know, it's always pitched as, oh, it's high risk, high reward. No, no, no. Um, these uh, speculative investments, and I've shared on my Instagram many of them, um, but these things that lose 50% of their value in a half a year, uh, those are speculative investments. And the thing is, you guys just, people don't learn from the past. Like this isn't the first mania that's happened, but um, for some reason, I, I just, I, I don't get it. I don't want to keep getting too much off topic here, but I do want to rant a few minutes about this because I've seen these YouTube hype stocks um, that have been just going down since the year started going down and down and down. Um, here, I'm going to pull up uh, some of them on my phone. I, I, I always share them on Instagram. I just get a kick out of them uh, because it's so funny to me. But let's start with uh, a hype ETF, ARK Invest, down 10.34% uh, year to date. Of course, uh, this was the most talked about fund in 2020, and now it's not only is it uh, underperforming, it's it's in the red. Um, probably the most talked about uh, hype stock on YouTube that I always see is NEO, ticker symbol NIO. Year-to-date, it's down negative 33.58%. Um, another one that I always see on YouTube uh, is Hylion. 
uh, highly on year-to-date is down 54.92%. A lot of people don't do enough research to even understand investing and to even be able to pick uh, investments. And that's fine. And I'm breaking this down on a super small level, like individual stocks, which I myself no longer even invest in because I couldn't do it successfully, consistently, and over a long period of time. Because again, it uh, mutual funds at least, uh, I can understand and I can research enough that I'll, I'll figure it out, know which are the ones I should invest in, which are not. Um, individual stocks are like a whole nother level of research. I mean, you need to really be uh, one with the company. You should almost be, it should almost like like you're an employee of the company. You know everything about them. You follow them very, very close. I mean, it is hard work and it's not fun work. Most people like to see the numbers on the screen go green. But to get the numbers on the screen to go green, you have to put in all this research uh, on the back end, right? To, to pick a, su- a successful stock. So it's a lot of hard work. That's why I tell people stay away from it. That's why I stay away from it. I don't want to waste my time doing all that freaking research. That's not the exciting part. Investing is not the end all be all, especially now that uh, I became a dad and I have a kid. I'd rather go spend time with the kid and watch the kid grow up and go to baseball games, throw the ball around the backyard, go to NASCAR races, uh, go camping, do all that fun stuff. I don't want to spend time researching these companies. And that's the message I'm trying to get through to you guys. If you're confused, if you've watched all these freaking YouTubers sell you the best, next, greatest thing, Neo, Hylion, Nikola, Fisker, um, what's some of the other ones, AMC, GameStop, uh, I don't know if they're still doing the AMC to the moon short squeeze, the mother of all short squeezes, whatever, if they're still doing that, just guys, stop. Just please, for your sake, stop. And um, figure out a strategy and a plan, a process, if you will. Once you figure that out, do some research on funds that fit that strategy. Pick those funds, and that's it. You shouldn't be... Um, unless you're watching me for the entertainment value or listening to me for the entertainment value. And sometimes I try to go off topic like now. This whole video was supposed to be about should you sell your mutual funds, but I've gone uh, way into into left field. But that's okay. That's more entertaining now. It's, and it's, you're probably maybe going to pick up something you're not. I don't know. But unless you're listening for the entertainment value or, or a little bit of an educational nugget here and there, you probably shouldn't be making any decisions based off a YouTube or podcast episode of mine or of anybody else's. Because at the end of the day, um, for DIY investors, if you're labeled a do-it-yourself investor, the decision the decision comes from you. The buck stops with you. You are in control of your own money. You're your own money manager. You're choosing to not use a professional and by no means am I a professional or is any other YouTube a professional. I know there's a few financial advisors that are on YouTube, but if you choose to do it yourself, you are putting that responsibility on your shoulders. You need to do your homework, your research. You need to determine what's best for you and your money, and then you need to execute. Um, most of you guys are spending time in the tinkering stage where you're buying and selling, buying and selling, buying and selling, you're not executing. You're not letting your investments do what they were designed to do. Any real investment that's that's going to be uh, profitable in the long term needs time to grow. And, and what you guys are doing is you're planting the seed, you're watering it, 
and then two days later you want to harvest the fruit or the vegetable. It doesn't work like that. And and a lot of the times, just look around, look at Mother Nature, right? And I read this in Ray Dalio's principal book, and, and it kind of stuck with me. But he said, look at, uh, he, he looks at Mother Nature and to, to, to determine if something he's doing is right or wrong. Like, does it go against how Earth or how the universe works? And, you know, if you're trying to speculate and you want to get rich quick, but then you look around how everything else grows, how everything grows organically, it grows very slowly. It takes time. Like, you know, if you're a farmer, uh, your crops don't just pop up out of nowhere. It it takes a lot of research uh, to figure out the right soil conditions, the right seeds, all that. It takes a lot of maintenance and upkeep to make sure your crops are are fed and watered. And then you got to sit back and let Mother Nature do its thing, shine the sun, uh, shine, uh, shine the sun, and 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 let the rains come and all that. And then at the end of the year or whenever you harvest your crops, same thing with your investments. You do your research, you find out what works, and it's no secret: low cost, broadly diversified index funds work. That's what works. That's your that's what your research tells you. You find the best seeds. The seeds are FSKX, FXAIX, VTSAX, VTI, whatever. You plant those seeds, meaning you put money in them. And then with the case of uh, index funds, there's no maintenance required uh, because they do the work for you for a very, very low fee. And then you just sit back and you wait to collect the harvest when you need the money. The only time, there's two times I think that you should ever, ever sell something out of your portfolio. If you've done this due diligence, this type of work, the first scenario that you sell is because you need the money for either living expenses or some kind of catastrophe or emergency, whatever the case is, but immediately you need the money. Yeah, you should sell. Uh, A good example is if I'm going to buy another property, I'm probably going to sell some money out of my taxable account to use to buy that property. That's a good reason to sell. The second time or the second reason you should sell is if your investment strategy changes. What does that mean? So that means uh, my investment strategy, let's say, for example, is to be 100% U.S. stock market and I'm 100% U.S. stock market like I was. And then I reached a a milestone of a quarter of a million dollars in investments. And I said, okay, uh, this is getting a little bit serious. It's a lot of money. Let me see uh, if this strategy of 100% US is still the best for me. I did my research. I said, whoa, wait a minute. Uh, this is very risky because I'm not properly diversified. I, I don't have any international. I don't have any, really any exposure to small caps. Don't have any exposure to bonds. So then I went and reworked my strategy. And then I sold some to make my strategy a 60-20-20, right? That's kind of like a, a rebalancing. So, and I guess that's the third time you sell is when you rebalance every year or every quarter, however you want to do it. But that's really the only times you sell. You sell if you need the money, you sell if your strategy has changed, and and you sell when you rebalance. If you're selling to jump into a new strategy to sell six weeks later, you're mistaken on what investing is. You're mistaken on what the process is. Do not do that. What I want you to do instead is whenever you get the urge to do that, Ask yourself, has my strategy changed? And if you if you answer yes, it, you better not be changing your strategy every year. Um, you've guys seen probably on my channel the whole year you've seen the Monkey 3. It's been the nothing but the Monkey 3. 
Um, nothing's changed, right? And next year, when I rebalance in February, you'll probably see some share amounts change because you know I'm trying to get it closer to 60, 20, 20, which fits in line with me. Other than that, nothing else has changed and nothing will change until I'm probably 55 years old. Um, it's that simple, guys. It's really that simple. I don't know how else I can get through to people uh, that make that comment, <laughs> should I sell this to buy this or what should I do with this? That's kind of hopefully what you should do. Well, not hopefully. That's what you should do. Hopefully, you can do that on your own. If not, again, I told you, you can hire a financial advisor, the only fiduciary, or uh, scrap everything and just invest in a targeted index fund that fits your uh, year that you're going to retire or your uh, risk tolerance. Well, that's all I have for you guys today. If you could be so kind, please, on the Apple Podcast side, leave me a rating. Uh, by clicking five stars. That would really help. And write in a review if you want your reviews read live on the air. I just checked before I recorded this podcast. No reviews were left uh, since the last one. So I guess I got nothing to read. So far, we got 15 ratings, guys. We get Those are rookie numbers. We got to pump those up. Um, my goal by the end of the year, if you want to keep listening to this podcast, uh, because I, I know there's at least 100 of you listening um, I want to have a hundred, uh, or a hundred, uh, ratings. So get me to 100 ratings by the end of the year. We're only at 15. So most of you listening are not rating this podcast. If you want this information to keep flowing into your brains and through your ears, rate this podcast. Otherwise, uh, you know, it's, it's not going to get to anybody and it's, it's just me talking to myself and I hate to talk to myself. Give me a rating. That's all I have. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of your day. And remember, move obstacles, keep investing.